Hey everyone, before we kick off the show, we wanted to remind you all that we now have a Patreon. That's right, with tiers starting at just a dollar, you can access a whole slew of Patreon-exclusive content, like articles, and even full bonus episodes. On the bonus shows, we'll be talking about anything and everything from retro video games, toys, movies, TV, junk food, anything we find interesting enough that we can't manage to squeeze into our normal shows. The Patreon will help to support us and keep the show going. So, if you have the means or the interest, please consider joining. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash leftover pizza club. And that's not the only way that you can support us. Something as simple as leaving a review for the show and subscribing will help us to keep growing and bringing you more content for years to come. And while we're at it, check out our social media at leftover pizza podcast on Instagram and TikTok, at leftover pizza club on Twitter. And of course, if you join the leftover pizza club group on Facebook, we'll send you a free sticker for joining. Lastly, you can check out our website, leftoverpizzaclub.com, for free articles, merch, and more. And as always, thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Damn, did we just crush that in one go? Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Leftover Pizza Podcast. So, Derek, how are you doing this fine afternoon here? <laughs> I'm doing very evil. How are you doing, grimy? A little, a little evil, a little villainous. Is that is that what you're mm. saying? Did you like my villain laugh? I really, I've been working on that. I've been smoking cigarettes left and right to get that all. You've been smoking your cigarettes. <laughs> So anyways, if you listen to our latest Patreon bonus episode, you already know how excited I am personally about today's topic, and those of you who don't listen to it, um, now you know. <laughs> now you know. Now you and know. what are you doing? You, you've already listened to our spiel at the beginning of the show, so you're right in there. You get it. Yeah. So today's topic, villains of pop culture. Can't live with them, can't live without them, am I right? You're right. Maybe they hate blue hedgehogs. Perhaps they despise four mutant turtle teenagers. They might even torment teens in their dreams. If they're villainous, they're fair game. Who wants to start? Well, considering that Dr. Robotnik is not in the room and I can't give him the floor, I think I will do you the solid of going first this time, Grimey. I'll do the least villainous thing I've ever done and volunteer my services to begin this show. Does that sound good to you? That sounds great. Now, just before we start, uh, spoiler alert. No TMNT. Sorry, guys. Oh, <laughs> I'm sticking true oh to it this my. time. Mark that down on the calendar. First time Grimy is abstaining from TMNT. Although you did sort of bring up I did. them in the You're intro. Right. right. I'll give it to you, it though. That's all right. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is a big moment. All right. I can't wait to get into it. So, without any further ado, I guess I should hop into my first pick. Holy smoke, he's a tomb! 
Not really. That lame brain freeway idea could only be cooked up by a tune. Not just a tune! Remember me, Eddie? When I killed your brother, I talked just with Alright, Grimy. So, uh, after that little intro that we played for this particular villain... I'm sure you're well aware, as is everybody already listening, that my first pick of the evening is none other than Baron Von Rotten. Who the fuck is Baron Von Rotten? Baron Von Rotten. You know who he is. Baron Von. no idea who he is. Listen, the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he was played by Christopher Lloyd. His name is, uh, sometimes they call him Judge Doom, but did you know... <laughs> That Judge Doom, his actual name is Baron Von Rotten because I learned that in my research for this episode. It kind of blew my mind. So wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Did they ever even mention this in the in the movie at all? Ever? They don't. And I'm gonna like tease you a little bit, and I'm gonna make you wait until after I s- spiel about why okay. he's one of my favorite villains of all time. Okay? okay. So you're gonna just have to keep listening just for a little bit longer here. Okay. So as I mentioned, Judge Doom. That's the more common name for this character, portrayed by Christopher Lloyd in the hit 1988 half-animation, half-live-action movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. One of my favorites growing up. I'm sure it was one of your favorites, too. Oh, Uh, yeah, easily. Who who doesn't love this movie? Let's be honest. Stupid dummies. Big stupid idiots. Villains don't love this movie. Big stupid dummies, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, villains, pretty much. (laughs) So... I mean, from the time I was a little boy, I probably saw this movie for the first time when I was like four or five. I remember we used to go to a place around, don't laugh when I say this, a store called BJ's, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I said don't laugh. (laughs) It's a wholesale club. Think like Costco, but it really is up here in the Northeast. Well, they used to get movies and they used to have really good deals on movies, so this is way back in the VHS days. I was walking down the aisle with my parents, and they saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And my dad said, you would love that movie. And he picked it up for whatever bargain price it was, you know, $8 or something back in the day. Brought it home, watched it, loved it, obviously. Who wouldn't? I mean, you got Roger. He's the funniest guy around when you're five years old. Jessica Rabbit is the first time that you've had feelings about something. <laughs> had feelings. Oh, <laughs> my God. Very conflicted feelings, even at the age of five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's also the first time, I not the first time I was scared out of my mind, because I was kind of a chicken shit as a kid, as I've mentioned previously, but one of the first characters that I really remember kind of scarring me, uh, Judge Doom. Jesus Christ, this guy was fucking evil, was he not? Dude, I'd still get chills watching this. Every time I see them fucking beady eyes come out. Oh, God. And the, and the dip. Okay, so I'm glad that you brought up the dip and the beady eyes because these are a couple of the things that obviously scared me and scarred me as a kid and why he's one of the great villains. I mean, first of all, the dip. Can we talk about the dip? We have I to looked talk it up about today. The dip. Uh, the dip is, according to the wiki, essentially oil, paint thinner, and film dissolver. Okay, Which that makes sense. would be very effective against a tune, considering all of these things are going to destroy and break down the paints that they're using, the materials that they're using, you know, the, the film cells that they're being painted on, all of these things. So, 
the dip is a very very lethal combination uh of of gross nasty things to kill a tune and i love like how in the in the movie nobody really knows exactly what it is so like everyone is it's like spilling all over the ground even like the human people are just like backing up on tiptoes like oh shit i don't want to get in this stuff but it's like not going to kill them not gonna kill them probably would make them sick if they like licked it up off the floor like my cat licks things up off the floor i lick things up off the floor too i get it all the time all the time i I catch you doing that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but yeah so a couple of moments that you know that he's truly evil is when he takes a little cute little shoe the cartoon shoe and he throws it in the dip and he kills that little cute boy right on screen like like why the shoe? Like, the thing that can't even talk. He's just making them little noises, and he's, like, he looks all happy and smiley before he's doing it, and then, like, you just see the disappointment and, like, fear in this thing's eyes, and that sticks with you for the rest of your life. It does. It does stick with you for the rest of your life. Though, I will say, I don't think that scene scarred me nearly as much as it scarred everybody else that I've ever talked to about this. I get it. I understand why it would make a huge impression, but you mentioned earlier it's the eyes. When you when you start seeing oh, those cartoon eyes pop out of his head, mm-hmm. holy crap, that was nightmare fuel. And you know what was scarier to me than the eyes even? What's that? Was when he gets run over Austin Powers oh. style <laughs> by the steamroller. Yeah. The scream that he makes, that high-pitched wailing scream. Oh, it just pierces through you. It just cuts through you like a knife. And it just, I would hear that when I was going to bed at night. That mm-hmm. that was awful. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole time you're just thinking, this guy's all right. He's just Doc Brown. But then that happens. The eyeballs pop out of the head. And you're just yeah. like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and then, like, the little, like, white, he's just, like, the bald head and the strand of hair. Dude, everything is just cynical about this bastard. Like, fucking scary. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, and actually, the thing that was scarier than that scream that he lets out is the aftermath when he actually gets back up and blows himself back up mm-hmm. like a, some sort of freaky blow-up doll. Oh, yeah. It's just, I don't even like thinking about it to this day. Uh, just gross and evil and disgusting. And uh, I will say he also is very evil for ruining the shave and haircut bit for me for the rest of my life because <laughs> i cannot hear somebody go the you know knocking whatever it might be without thinking about that son of a bitch just trying to kill uh, roger rabbit so fuck him and that's why he's making my villain list of this season evening of the season okay now that i've kind of strung you along for quite some time, do you want to hear what I learned uh, about him being called Baron von Rotten? Would you like Baron me to, von to dive Rotten. into this? I need to hear this because, to the best of my knowledge, I knew most of everything about Roger Rabbit. I've never heard this before. So, all right. Well, you're learning this evening because it doesn't actually come from the movie, obviously, okay. because you and I have seen the movie a million and one times. It actually comes from the graphic novel Roger Rabbit: The Resurrection of Doom. Now. I am taking this verbatim off of the wiki, so credit to the Roger Rabbit wiki for everything I'm about to say, but this blew my mind for me to interpret it and put it as my own. It's explained that Doom was originally a toon named Baron Von Rotten, who took up the role of playing antagonists in movies until an accident in which Von Rotten suffered a concussion and awakened believing that he was a real villain. So, you with me so far? 
He was a cartoon. He played a villain but wasn't a bad guy. Gets clocked in the head and thinks that he is a real villain. Okay? Wow. There's more. Okay? Von Rotten thus begins his crime career, robbing the first national bank of Toontown, then killing Teddy Valiant by dropping a large piano on his head and spreading the stolen money all over the town in order to buy the election for Judge of Toontown, assuming the new name of Judge Doom. That's how he becomes Judge Doom. That Mm. wasn't his name to begin with. He steals an election. After the events of the film, Doom was later revived by another gang of weasels who used an old cell and a multiplane camera to bring him back to life, proving that it is possible to revive a tune. He disguises himself as a director, forcing Roger to purposefully tone down his acting in hopes of ruining his career and has other designs in mind for his revenge. But his plans are exposed, and he is once again killed with Dip, this time killing him for good. So I don't know about you, but this Roger Rabbit, The Resurrection of Doom graphic novel sounds like the perfect companion to this movie. And I kind of want to see it made into a prequel, sequel type of a deal. Because not only do we learn his backstory and how he became the character that he is and how fucking evil he is, he then gets brought back to life and tries to ruin the career of Roger Rabbit before being killed by his own creation. How poetic is that? I love that. I love the idea. I love the idea of just bringing back Roger Rabbit as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. this movie, franchise, whatever, deserves everything. everything. I mean, like, wh- why wouldn't they bring it back now? Just give me some shorts on Disney+. Plus. Just some actual cartoon Roger Rabbit shorts. We did it 30 years ago. Just give me more of those. I don't even need a full sequel. Just, just bring Roger Rabbit back. Hey, if I get to see Judge Doom, I'd be happy, but Roger is good enough for me. Yeah, and uh, I mean... If all that fails, give me like a simulator where I can play patty cake with just uh, a rabbit. <laughs> hey, you cannot be horny on Main. You gotta, you gotta patty cut cake. that right now. Patty cake. <laughs> next time, get it. I promise I'll get you next time. So my first pick comes from a little old cartoon called Inspector Gadget. <laughs> you had me there for a second. I thought you were going to say a little cartoon called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> no, 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 we're not mentioning them. I can't. You you already ruined it. It's like Don't Break the Sugar Bowl. Is that the fucking game? Uh, the first rule about Fight Club is don't talk about Fight Club. Is that what you're. The... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, Inspector Gadget. Are you familiar with the cartoon or the movie more? Pro- I'm going to assume the movie more. Bit of both. I watched the cartoon all, uh, quite a bit growing up. I watched the movie equally as much. Uh, I'm going to throw you a weird curveball, though. You you want to know the most Inspector Gadget uh, I watched growing up? It was his weird spinoff that was like an educational show. Do you remember that? No, I don't know that one. Oh, man. Let me look this up. Hold on. One thing I'm starting to learn about you is how into all these edutainment things you are. (laughs) That's all I had. Didn't have a choice. Here we go. Inspector Gadget's field trip. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, no, so I actually watched this other spin-off show way more than the real cartoon or the movie. It was called <laughs> uh, Field Trip starring Inspector Gadget, and it originally aired on the History Channel. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, fuck. So, yeah, um, I, I knew about him, but I knew about him while I was watching stock footage of foreign cities and countries, okay? <laughs> As he was teaching me about traveling abroad, all right? Did, so did, did they did they bring Dr. Claw into it at all? Yeah, he was there. Really? They, they were all there in some way, shape, or form. Don't, I mean, it was like 30 years ago, but, you know, I okay. watched it. I watched it. Dr. Claw. What a, he's an interesting character, right? I, I love Dr. Claw. Like he, and he's probably the most relatable on my list, more than likely. Like, this guy could probably be my dad. <laughs> well, you know what? It actually makes a lot of sense because he's shrouded in shadows. He's always hanging out with a Dude. cat. Right? He's got a sick wardrobe. It just sounds yeah. like you, man. Yeah, punk rock bracelet. You know, it's gold. Gold's not really my color. I'm more of a silver guy myself, but punk rock b- bracelet nonetheless. <laughs> but uh, so most people, I feel like anymore, they, they know either the cartoon, not so much the edutainment cartoon, mm-hmm. but like the, you know, the original cartoon or they're more familiar with the movie. And uh, most people that are younger than me seem to know more about the movie and like the McDonald's stuff and so on and yeah, so forth. True. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, the cartoon Dr. Claw tells Dr. Claw from the movie when it's time to go to bed. Like, I, it's just, I don't think there's any comparison at all. Like, I, I just really love the cartoon one a lot more than the movie one. Allow me to compare <laughs> and contrast. So, uh, cartoon Dr. Claw, we only see, like, a portion of him, right? We see, like, the the arm... His glove, it's, it looks kind of metallic or whatever. It kind of looks like he's like a wrapped up mummy, but it's metal. Like clearly you could tell it's metal. And yeah. he's got the uh, the little spiky uh, bracelet thing going on. And in the movie, yeah, he's got a claw and it's all like cybernetic and stuff. But like you see this guy full on right away. And he's got this like boring British accent, you know, or English kind of accent. He's just kind of. Mm. <clears throat> he kind of looks like uh, like James Bond almost. He, he's too good looking. Yeah. You know, he's very like, suave, you know, he's very he's very much Wall Street villain. He's not a, a evil mastermind who's trying to take over the world type of a villain, you know, though I suppose, you know, in modern times, in real life, that would be spot on. But that's not what we're talking about. Movie one, clearly, he's never been to a punk show. He's never put, like, you know, Elmer's glue in his hair or anything. Probably never listened to Leftover Crack or anything like that. (laughs) This guy doesn't even fucking listen to The Offspring, I'll tell you what. Dude, no. He's not throwing any oi oi oi's out in the crowd. He's he's fucking bogus, dude. Uh, <laughs> Actually, no. I I take back what I said. The movie version exclusively listens to the Offspring. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Just exclusively. Yeah. But all in all, I think uh, the cartoon version is just an all around badass. Not to mention he's a cat man. Right. He likes cats. Right? The first episode, you see him in his little cat submarine and Mad Cat is sitting there off to the right of him and just kind of chilling, being you know, devious. This is the thing, a uh, common thread with villains, and it, it kind of baffles me. Villains, by their very nature, most of them, have a disregard for life, for caring about others. Right? <laughs> that's That's sort of their whole shtick, is that they don't care yeah. who they destroy or who they throw under the bus, who gets killed, hurt, maimed. Etc. So the fact that so many villains have a pet that they take good care of 
It just doesn't add up for me. Why do all these supervillains have a cat that they just tend to all day, just <laughs> petting them in their lap? It just it doesn't check out to me. An extraordinary amount of villains with cats. You're right. Yeah. Doctor Evil, uh, Gargamel. <laughs> yeah, not enough villains with dogs though. Right. And none with hermit crabs. Haven't seen any none. with hermit crabs. <laughs> Hermit Crab's a big no-no. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I used to love this cartoon. I couldn't tell you much about it nowadays uh, other than the first episode that I watched. And I was I remember watching the movie and being really confused why he's like Inspector Gadget, the main character, is like this bumbling fool. I'm like, this doesn't happen in the cartoon. And as I'm searching through the cartoon, I'm like, oh, this totally happens. He's like <laughs> a, a fucking idiot the entire cartoon. That's yeah. the whole premise of the cartoon is yeah. that he like has all these gadgets and doesn't know how to use them basically, and is just dumb. <laughs> Honestly, for our, our uh, Saturday morning cartoon show, like I would have picked this. I completely spaced on it. I don't know how I spaced in it, but I feel like bringing it up now, I've given it at least a little bit of justice, you know? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, just, just a little bit. You know how you could give it more justice is by watching the entire edutainment, edutainment. field trips with <laughs> Inspector Gadget series. And then coming back here on the next episode and, and giving me a full uh, written report on each episode and which which places you like the best. Okay. Now, I'm curious because this next little factoid I have here. Do you, you do see Dr. Claw in this edutainment show, right? Sure. <laughs> do you, do you sure. actually see his face? Uh, I mm, – no. Definitely not. No? Definitely not. Okay, so weird story. You're aware that they made figures for these this cartoon like a long time ago, right? Some I don't know which company did it, but someone did. Yeah, it must have been uh, Super Seven in 1994. The uh, without a doubt. Not so true fact of the day. Their first ever figure line. Yeah. Yes. So there is an action figure of Doctor Claw. The front of it has a sticker over top of the face and the torso, so you can't see who it is. You have to buy the figure and open it up to see who it is, and you actually get to see what Dr. Claw looks like. And this is canon. What a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ever see him in the cartoon. This action figure, as well as the Super Nintendo game, this exact look for Dr. Claw is shown. Wow. All right. That's pretty cool. I like that they stuck with it, and they said, fuck you, pay me money if you want to see what this guy looks like. It's like the original DLC. Yeah, dude, it's it's amazing. So uh, if you haven't ever seen Dr. Claw before, go ahead and take a look at the uh, the pictures on Google. You can find it really, really quick. No, no, you got to hop over to eBay and you got to pay that money. I'm sorry. I don't condone piracy. Pay the money. I'm curious what they even are up to nowadays. Probably a little bit. Oh, here he is right now. He's uh, on bid for $64 and $8 shipping. Uh, four bids, two days and 19 hours left. Or you can buy the figure in box, brand new, one hundred and fourteen ninety nine. Free four-day shipping. Better get wow. it now. 34 watchers. <laughs> Looks like I'm not eating any more dinners this month. So, we meet again, Bud Lightyear, for the last time. Not today, Zerg. <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, Grammy, sing it with me now. You got a friend in me. Come on, sing it. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> you got a friend in me. Uh, so, yeah, so my next pick 
is actually a tie. And I know you're going to say, that's cheating. I don't care. I just don't care. Because Toy Story 2 lives up to its name with two. Because it has two really great villains. Technically, it has three great villains. But I'm not going to include Stinky Pete. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that that's cheating. I'm gonna say that that's my move and take it back. Uh, Uno reverso card on you, my friend. Oh, oh! Shit. I think that's how it works. I haven't played Uno since like fourth grade. Could tell. So, you. yes, my second pick is actually two picks combined into one because Toy Story Two is one of the greatest sequels of all time. I actually find myself. I think going back to Toy Story 2 more often than I go back to Toy Story 1. And I won't go back to Toy Story 3 because it makes me cry. So fuck you all. (laughs) Uh, Cry like a baby. Big sad. So as I mentioned 30 seconds ago, it has three villains. It has Zerg, it has Al McWiggin, and it has Stinky Pete. Stinky Pete is fantastic. He's not making the cut for me, though. Kelsey Grammer, Frasier, world-class actor. I just don't think he's evil enough in Toy Story 2 for me to warrant being a great villain. I think he's (laughs) just sort of misunderstood because he just wants the gang back together. He just wants his family back. So he's sort of being evil, but for all the right reasons, if that makes sense. His intentions are noble, but he's kind of a dick about it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, That being said, his intentions are not good, and he is not noble. Al McWiggin, everybody. Oh, yeah. What a fucking dickhead. Okay. Now, he's the chicken suit guy, right? He is. He's the chicken man. Okay. (laughs) I couldn't remember. As as Rex is heard screaming a few different times throughout the movie, it's the chicken man! (laughs) I mean, give him a break. He's got to drive all the work, all the way to work on a Saturday. On a Saturday? All the way to work! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, quickly, before we really get into it, if you're on Twitter, you should be following us, by the way, at Leftover Pizza Club. But if you are on Twitter, there is an account dedicated to Al McWiggin. They tweet <laughs> once a week. It is that 10-second clip from this movie of him saying, I got to drive all the way to work on a Saturday. And then, of course, he drives his car across the street to the store that he owns. Al's they do this every Saturday? Every Saturday without fail. Uh, so that's amazing. That's one thing I look forward to every Saturday, knowing that I get to see that clip. It really makes my life a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to start here with Al. As I mentioned, he's the owner of Al's toy barn, which is like the coolest looking toy store. I I want to go to that toy store. Uh, not even so much from what's inside the toy store. I just love it from the outside. Big red barn, and then Mm -hmm. it's somehow they managed to knock down like a skyscraper or something, and he built it in the lot where the skyscraper used to be. So he has these giant murals of just like farmland painted on all sides. So it's like this all-encompassing experience that you're at a toy farm. Love it. Love it. Love the concept. Totally. Love the concept. Mm -hmm. That being said, fuck this guy. Al? <laughs> what an asshole. Uh, yeah, he's kind of a dick. I mean, he steals kids' toys. Whatever. Exactly. I Honestly. was going to say, let me count the ways, but you kind of just you know, listed the main one. Uh, so, 
He is on my notes. I'm looking at here. I said he seems like the worst kind of boss slash ball small business owner. And I said he's putting his own needs before everyone else's, which is true because when he finds out that he can sell the Woody doll in the complete set of the Woody's Roundup gang, he tells his employee on the phone, you need to be at my house first thing tomorrow morning. I've got to catch a plane and hangs up like doesn't even give the employee a chance to say I can't be there or whatever. He just expects people to wait on him hand and foot. So dick move number one, dick move number two, which really is number one. Like you said, steals from kids. Woody was not up for sale. Somehow it made its way outside at the yard sale. He offers to buy it. He's clearly told no, that's not for sale. And he fucking steals it from a kid nonetheless. How much of a dick do you have to be to do that? You got to be like Al. That's how it is. (laughs) On a scale of one to Al, you have to be extremely Al to do something like that. Extremely Al, exactly. Um, and the other thing that I really wanted to touch on here, and I guess we could have a little bit deeper of a discussion on it, though it is a little bit of a sore spot. We, we, you and I talk about this all the time. He's sort of the perfect villain in the sense that he was the modern day eBay scalper before there really were modern day eBay scalpers. Just doesn't care who he's affecting by you know stealing this or whatever he's just out to get his money and he doesn't care who he hurts in the process type of a thing mm-hmm. and you and i talk about this all the time just anytime that we try to buy something online or or anything that's like exclusive like a limited drop or something it's gone in two seconds it's just it's gone and you, do you remember the chicken drop uh, sweatshirt fiasco from a few years ago at McDonald's. They were giving away uh, mm, yeah. a free chicken sandwich and, well, it was a $5 chicken sandwich and sweatshirt combination. And people yeah. s- snatched those up and were selling them for $300 on eBay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the same yep, it day. It never fails. Never, never fails. fails. It's always like moments after the purchase is completed and like they run out, sold out or whatever. Those eBay listings roll in. You see like 50 of them within 10 seconds. And you're like, what the fuck? How does that even work? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you just experienced it recently with the whole, what's it called? Holothon? Holothon? Holothon. I did. I yeah. did. And because I'm not talking turtles, I can't mention it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very <laughs> evil of me. Would you call me a villain? Yeah. I would. Well, l- l- let me just say something sold out really quick the first day. I went to AliExpress the very next hour after it sold out, and I got it for a little bit overpriced. And, I mean, it just got here like today. It took two and a half weeks to get here. But, yes, I deal with this on an almost monthly basis. Yeah, it sucks. So I guess that's why Al is kind of a perfect villain, because I just see a lot of what goes on in the modern-day scalping scene in Al. Mm -hmm. So uh, he, the problem is, though, he's very likable. He really is. And he's likable because he's voiced by Wayne Knight, <laughs> who you might know and everybody else might know as Newman from Seinfeld, uh, as What's-His-Face from the Jurassic Park, from the original oh, yeah. Jurassic Park movie, uh, yep. from Space Third Jam. Rock. Yeah, 30, uh, yeah, 30 Rock. Third Rock. God damn it. I did it again. No, no, you, you had it right. 30 Rock. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably on 30 Rock, too. Yeah. Uh, no, a very likable character. You can't hate anything that that guy does. And the fact that he's the voice of that guy, it really kind of 
I don't know. It off balances it a little bit because you want to enjoy this character for who he is, but like also he's a villain kind of. So like you fucking hate him too. Exactly. He's such a dick, uh, but you like him because he's voiced by Wayne Knight. Um, mm. Speaking of being voiced by Wayne Knight, I'm getting to my part two of this Toy Story 2 villain cacophony, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Big, big words tonight. Um, So part two is Zerg. Obviously, Buzz's dad was supposed to be the big villain of of Toy Story 2, but ends up sort of becoming the big villain of the Toy Story universe because they reference Zerg in Toy Story 1 that we never really get a good idea of who this guy is or whatever. We just are to assume that he's another character in the toy line that is Buzz Lightyear. Right. So where does the Wayne Knight connection come in? Wayne Knight and Zerg. I actually found out in my uh, research for this episode that Wayne Knight is the voice of Zerg in the animated Buzz Lightyear of Star Command series. No. Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. And I Did he do it in the movie too? So uh, this is where I'm not entirely sure if it was throughout the whole series or if it was just for the animated movie because I think okay. they were both called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Technically, yes. One was yes. just like the adventure begins, which was the movie, and then the rest was the series. So I would assume he reprised the role throughout the series. I would hope so. You would I, hope, I so. hope so. You would hope so. I'm just, you know what? Even if it's not true, I'm. It's true now in my mind. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Don't correct us. Don't write in. I don't want to hear it. All I know is that he did technically voice Zerg at one point, and that blew my mind because not only was he one villain in the Toy Story universe, he was technically two. So that's pretty damn cool. That um, is cool. So Zerg, why am I picking Zerg? Uh, first off, just look at the guy. He's fucking cool as shit, okay? He's got that menacing-ass purple outfit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's awesome. I, it sounds stupid, but it's true. He's got he's got a bitchin' purple outfit with this big menacing red-like Dracula cape. And mm-hmm. uh, he's got horns, which is badass as hell. He's got glowing red eyes, and he's got this big toothy frown that's just always perpetually frowning. So he just looks so mean. And the thing that I always liked about him is – and this is going to sound really stupid. It is, but but it's the truth. He's got that big Z logo, like for Zerg. Like it's on his belt. And the Z logo – do you remember Zenith TVs? Yeah, totally. It just always reminded me of – of a Zenith TV. <laughs> and I thought Zenith TVs, when I was a kid, I thought that they were the cool TV because they had a cool logo. So, I mean, it is cool. It is cool. So my brain made that connection between Zerg and Zenith, and I said, this guy, this guy is cool. He's pretty cool. He's pretty no, cool. I love Zerg. I love that, like, in the first movie, he's mentioned quite often, but you don't really know who he is. So he's just like this mysterious character, but then two comes around and they really hype it up. They're like, Oh yeah. Zerg's here. Fucking. Yeah. So in part one, it's actually at the gas station when they're having that fight underneath the car before they're both left behind and have to find Andy and Andy's mom again. Um, yeah. Buzz mentions to Woody that Zerg is secretly building a super weapon located at the galaxy's edge and the super weapon is capable of destroying entire planets. So basically, you know, they really, a few times they sell the idea that Zerg is essentially Darth Vader. And I mean, yeah. hello, Death Star. <laughs> he's building a Death Star, which you got to love mm-hmm. it. Um, and I mentioned it earlier. He's Buzz's dad. 
that's where they take it at the end of Toy Story 2. They do the whole I'm your father thing. And uh, I kind of love that payoff. You know what else I love? I do. I dig it. You know what else I love? I love his gun. Yeah, like the little tennis ball. I love his gun. Exactly. It looks so badass. It's called the Ion Blaster. And uh, I always wanted one when I was a kid, specifically for the reason that you just said. It, like, shoots little Nerf balls out Mm -hmm. at Buzz. Yeah. Uh, Here's a pitch. Nerf should make a Zerg figure, and it should shoot little Nerf balls out. I agree. I agree. I'm sure there must be, like, a version of it that exists somewhere. But even if they gave, like, a full-size ion blaster gun, like, that would be a kid's arm size. The last thing I'm going to say about my giant-ass Toy Story 2, two-pick, one-pick, pick. The reason that I latched on to Zerg to begin with is obviously the opening scene of the movie when Buzz is jumping around a planet and he's trying to get to Zerg and defeat Zerg and do the whole thing. And then it sort of pulls back and you realize that it's been Ham and Slinky and Rex all playing this video game on a Super Nintendo nonetheless. Super Nintendo. A Super yeah, Nintendo. nothing else. A Super Nintendo. And it's called Buzz Lightyear Attack on Zerg. It is like the most beautiful looking 3D video game uh, and then it, it, it just bait and switch you. Um, but that's our first introduction to Zerg. And I actually bought the Toy Story 2 video game when I was a kid based on the idea that it would basically be that. I would get to yeah. play that game. And it was the saddest moment of my life when I fired that game up. And that was nowhere to be found on my on my little N64. It was, it was a tough day. I had it for uh, Dreamcast, I believe. It's a good time. And I, I fell in love with it. I love that game so much. It's a good but time. Definitely is not that game for sure. Not that game. But they actually did, for those of you listening and you're a little interested, they they made a level and you basically play that entire game in the Toy Story 3 video game that came out with like Xbox 360, PS3, that type of a thing. So you can mm-hmm. technically play Buzz Lightyear Attack on Zerg. So that's it. I'm done. I'm your father. Yes, hurry home, princess. We wouldn't want to miss old daddy's celebration, now would we? Ha! Celebration indeed. Oh, bah! In my day, we had fantastical feasts when I lived in the palace. And now look at me. Wasted away to practically nothing. All right, Derek, for this next pick, we got to go on the da sea. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting to break that one up for a while, haven't you? I have. Oh, it's so <laughs> dumb. It's something me and my girlfriend say back and forth to each other all the time. I don't know why. It just There's never even like a good opportunity. It's just in the back of my head, and I just say it, and it's funny. <laughs> and I'm glad that it uh, is still funny here right now with our conversation, so... Uh, but yeah, I couldn't do a villain show and not talk about Ursula, the sea witch from The Little Mermaid. She is fucking terrifying. This bitch used to terrify me. I'm going to say straight, like, <laughs> have you ever actually just looked at this person before? She's like, a hag. Look. She's she is the scary. definition of a hag. I'm going to say that right off the bat. I mean, she's she's chic a bit, you know, she kind of cares about fashion, but that yeah. bitch a hag. Okay. Now, uh, this The Little Mermaid used to be my sister's favorite movie. Same, yeah. 
So like we watch this nonstop all the time, naturally. If you haven't seen Ursula before, picture this like big octopus woman creature, black and purple tentacles, gray skin, short white hair, and very uh, reminiscent of like drag queen kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like she's got a very draggy vibe to her lipstick, but like a lot of very manly features, you know? Yeah, I was going to say picture Melissa McCarthy, but um, I guess you did a better way of describing it. (laughs) Pretty accurate too, though. It is because she's playing her in the the live action remake. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I did see that throughout my research here. Um, interesting choice, but uh, accurate nonetheless. I think she'll do a good job. I, I think it makes sense. And before anybody takes it the wrong way, I don't think Melissa McCarthy is a hag. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Yeah, we also don't think she's all that funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different issue altogether. But So I don't know if you've ever really dug much into the Little Mermaid lore or anything specifically, but... Uh, Ursula, there's a lot of shit about Ursula out there, Um, stuff I didn't even know about. With all these different shows, like there's a new live action coming out, Um, there's that, I don't remember what the hell that show is, it's on, it's like a live action kind of a a drama, also action packed weird series, it's a Once Upon a... Once Upon a Time or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, that? they had that Disney Once Upon a Time series for a while there. Yeah, well, she's in there too, and that's where a lot of this lore comes from. Also, there's like a book. Um, it's, I don't know, I guess it serves as like a prequel sequel to The Little Mermaid as well, and it has a lot of this stuff in it. Okay. But anyways, um, they never really allude to it in the movie much other than like this one small part where she mentions that she lived in Atlantica at one point in the palace. Um, but it turns out that she's actually Triton's sister, which would make her Ariel's aunt. Mm-hmm. So a very, uh, a very Zeus Hades thing going on there. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Interesting. So when their father Poseidon passes, he hands them each a magical artifact, uh, the Nautilus shell and the Trident meant to aid them in ruling each of their halves of the seven seas. But instead, Ursula, she ultimately uses her power to take advantage, mutilate, and kill other things. So, like, she's banished from Atlantica. If she's not enough for you, she comes with these two moray eels. They're her her little minions, uh, Flotsam, Flotsam and Jetsam, I believe they're called. I don't really care for the names, but they're fucking goofy and kind of scary. And the trio together is enough to make you piss your pants a little bit when you're a three-year-old kid. Oh, big time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. So the way that you were describing her and she was like killing everything because she really liked maiming things and hurting things. Um, that really just sort of sounded like Rob Zombie's Halloween. So maybe <laughs> Rob Zombie should have directed the live action remake. I'm just saying it sounds like a good fit. Dude, could you imagine? That would be sick. Like, I think, <laughs> if anything, I mean, I know they got, what is it, uh, Pooh. Oh, Blood and Honey. Is that fucking Honey, mm-hmm. Blood and Honey? Yeah, mm-hmm. that one. Uh, I mean, if that's anything, I know that that one didn't go over as well as anyone helped, but, like, it's not a bad idea having a, a, a horror Disney franchise come out. Rob Zombie's at the helm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Perfect. He would he would make Sherry Moon into a Disney princess. I, I would pay for a movie ticket just to see that alone. Yeah. But Ursula herself, I 
just imagine like what he could do with that character. I just, wow, that would be insane. But me personally, I could get to the part where Ariel's carrying back her Dinglehopper and to the first little appearance of her. That's when I would shut this movie off. I could not watch past that. That was the end for me. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. That's it. So you just never saw how the movie ended. I would sneak away a little bit and come back. Dude, I don't know. It's just fucking, it's just completely terrifying. So the idea for me of somebody being able to steal somebody else's voice, that's always Mm -hmm. what set me off. Because it was like, you know, you can hurt somebody, you can stab them, whatever. People can heal from being stabbed. How is she stealing a voice? You know, that freaked me out. And then the voice is kept in a locket. What what dark magic is this? And I agree with you. The little eels, they just they add to the spook factor. They add to the to the villainy because while they are idiots, they're scary idiots. You know, they've got that. They are. Yeah. That weird little way of talking that's very oh, yeah, very monotone, very yes, yeah, yeah. that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, so everything about it, and I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help that she's underwater because if I'm being honest, grimy, the sea scares me. You're never gonna oh, catch same. me on a on a boat, okay? Maybe I'd go to space because you know there's stars in space, a little pretty. I don't know what's under that water. There's so many things that we haven't discovered in the depths of the ocean. She could be real for all I know. And I don't want to run across that that woman. That hag. I actually hate both the sea and space. So, like, uh, it's a lose-lose for me. But <laughs> So, uh, thank the, God you're on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the eels are kind of neat, though. They, uh, I don't know if you ever watched the whole thing. You've watched it a bunch of times, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, this used to be just like you on repeat in my house okay. because of my sister. So whether or not I wanted to watch it, I did watch it. I love how the uh, the eels, their eyeballs form like a crystal ball and she just kind of like, I don't know, sees into it. It's pretty weird. Pretty cool, though. Yeah. Again, it's that dark magic. And that's really mm-hmm. what set her off. It's that combination of deep sea and dark magic. It's It's a no go from me. She is evil. She's a probably the perfect Disney villain, if I'm being honest. All right, before we end this Ursula little topic here, I just have to ask, who do you think is more evil in the Little Mermaid animated movie? Do you think it's going to be Ursula? Or do you think it's that fucking psycho chef who's trying to stab up (laughs) Sebastian? (laughs) Well, obviously the chef. Dude, that guy's menacing too. Like completely, uh, just fucking scary. You come across a crab, and the first thing that you find out is that it talks, and you want to kill it? What kind of an idiot, what kind of a psychopath do you have to be? Nobody should trust that man. Dude, the mustache. The mustache is always what, like, scared me about this guy. That's fucking (laughs) creepy. I can't believe this guy. I throw everything I've got at him, and it doesn't even... What are those? Um, I don't know. I I thought they looked kind of dashing. I've got 24 hours to get rid of this bozo. Well, the entire scheme I've been setting up for 18 years goes up in smoke, and you are wearing his merchandise! All right, so unintentionally, this is sort of turning into the Disney villains show, uh, I realized, as we sort of put our two lists together, because my next pick is Hades from the 1997 animated Disney Hercules movie, Grammy. Very nice. Uh, I have something to get off my chest. Oh, okay. Please do. 
I've never watched Hercules. <laughs> Holy cow. That is a huge, huge blind I know. spot, I, I feel. Um, why? Can I ask why? Like, is it just because it, you never had it never as a kid? There was never an opportunity. Or, never an opportunity. So it's not, not due to lack of interest or? No, it, it wasn't. No, I never had the opportunity. I think my grandmother had the, the VHS tape and it was always gone. Like for some reason it wasn't in the case, the little diamond, mm. black diamond case that it comes in. Yeah, that was never there. I do remember, however, going to, I think it was Taco Bell that had the plates or was it Burger King? I think it was McDonald's. It was McDonald's. <laughs> it wasn't either I'm of those pretty, I'm pretty sure it was McDonald's, yeah. All right, well, I went to whatever cancerous fucking food chain, and I got the plate with all the, the singing bitches on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you owned merch, but you've never seen the movie. So you have to change never. that because, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to take this as an opportunity to convince you right now why you oh, You're, you're going to pitch the movie to me right now? Okay. I'm going to pitch the movie to you. So first and foremost – Hades, he's he's the main villain of this movie, and and I love him. But again, similar to my Toy Story two pick, it's not really just about Hades. If we're talking villains, I think per villain, like you get more villain per villain when you watch Hercules. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, it's like villains squared or something. So Hades was played by James Woods in this movie. Uh, not a great guy in real life, but the character is great. So we're just looking past it for this for, for for this year. And actually, I found out he's been playing this version of Hades for this came out in '97. What 25 years? He's come back mm. every time that they've needed somebody to voice Hades because they're putting him in House of Mouse or a video game or whatever it might be. He's done it every single time. So the guy's stuck oh, with really? it at least. Now, is he in the cartoon at all? Uh, yep, he shows up in the cartoon. In okay. Yeah, Hercules, the animated series or whatever it's called, where he's teenage Herc. He pops yeah. up every now and then in there as well. But, mm. um, I mean, let's just start with the looks of Hades, right? He, he's just a cool-looking dude. He's got that really, like, gray, nasty skin. Of course, he lives in the underworld, so he's never seeing any light, and he's hanging around dead people and souls all the time. So, yeah, he's looking a little, yeah. uh, a little grody, you know? Doesn't he have, like... He can, like, make flames pop out of his thumbs. I remember that from the commercial back in the day. Two thumbs now, up. That's right. He can make the flames. Exactly. He can sort of snap <laughs> and then, all, you know, fog will uh, come in or flames or whatever. He's got that those magic powers. And he's got a really cool set of uh, blue flame hair. So, you know, mm. he's technically bald, but his head's always flaming. So I, I guess that makes sense because no hair would grow there if your head's always on fire, you know. True. I'm already thinking about my next Halloween costume. Honestly, I think that's. Uh, I think I got something going for me. Yeah, just a just bunch of hand sanitizer and light your head on fire. Yeah, paint yourself gray. Uh, he's got very, very sharp teeth and these bony, pointy fingers. So he's just he's creepy looking to begin with. Um, but it's kind of funny because while he is evil, when they brought James Woods in to audition for the character, he didn't do what they asked him to do they asked him to play it straight and they asked him to play it scary and he Mm. decided to play it more as a sleazy car salesman and it works (laughs) and that's exactly how the character is and and he's scarier because of it because he's pretty aloof and pretty funny but you can tell that this guy is menacing because he's just Mm. 
he's out for he's gonna get what he wants no matter how he has to get it so hercules we mentioned about how triton and ursula were brother and sister making ariel her niece um hades and zeus are brothers and zeus gets hades sent down into the underworld Hades is pissed off and he wants to take over Olympus and the only way he figures that he can do that is by killing Zeus's son Hercules as an infant. Oh. So this guy is an evil dickhead and he doesn't do it himself. He convinces his two little minions Pain and Panic to go up and kill Hercules. Obviously it doesn't work out but just the fact that this guy convinced somebody else like a sleazy car salesman would <laughs> to go kill a baby it should just speak to volumes about how evil he is so that's hades he is technically my pick but like i mentioned before grimy i need to sell you on this movie and it's not about hades it's about having more villains per villain right so what this movie is really good for is about 10 other monsters that show up throughout the movie uh we've got the three fates which if you've never seen them you need to google them as soon as you can these are three truly old hags who share one eyeball so they do it like a real monster style where they're just passing this eyeball around and popping it in popping it out so they can see what's going on and they're basically who they're responsible for saying the fates of the universe like this is gonna happen this is how the universe is gonna end this is how things align are we still talking about the disney cartoon movie uh-huh uh-huh dude and that sounds grim as fuck why haven't i seen this uh, yes. yet like holy shit i'm telling you okay and then there's more so that's just to start then we also have the titans who pop up this is the towards the end of the movie, but Hades is trying to resurrect the Titans, but has to wait for planets to align and whatever. The Titans, grimy, are just giant fucking kaiju monsters, okay? <laughs> no, not even a joke. There's a Cyclops, there's an ice, lava, and tornado Titan, and it sounds exactly like how you'd think they would be. A uh, big one made of ice and breathe ice and just like destroy things by chilling shit down. And then there's one who's made of lava and he's just burning cities down and tearing things down. <laughs> and they're trying to get to Olympus so they can destroy and take over Olympus for Hades. That's not all. At one point, we see Nessus the Centaur. That's one of the first uh, uh, monsters that Hercules has to fight. And he's kind of fucked up looking. Not not too bad, but, you know, he's, he's a little fucked up. And then the big one, the big one, Hydra. Do you know what a Hydra is from Greek mythology? Have you ever seen these? Isn't it like a dragon with, like, a bunch of different heads or something? Yeah, exactly. And this is one of the best scenes in the movie because Hercules is tasked with cutting the heads off of the Hydra to kill it. The problem being is that every time he cuts a head off two more grow back where it was and it is nasty it's like one of the first things i'd ever seen in my life that was just gloopy and gross like every time he's cutting heads off you see it it's like gloopy and not quite bloody <laughs> because disney couldn't really do blood but it was like snotty and slimy okay yeah and he gets what they were allowed to get away point. with yeah and he like cuts a belly open of this beast it's wild man it is absolutely oh wild so, I really picked Hercules, not because of Hades, but because of Hades plus all, other good stuff. all of this other stuff that's going on. 
So if I haven't sold you yet, I don't know how because oh, you sold like it me right up your alley. I'm looking at all these uh, different uh, monsters and stuff right now. So I'm looking at well, Hydros, the Lurker, Arceus, the Cyclops, Lithos, the Mountain King, Stratus, the Mystic Voice, Pyros, the Lord of the Flame. Um, these guys just all look like Mighty Max characters to me. Mm-hmm which makes them like a thousand times more appealing. Now, wh- what's the uh what's the creepy woman three lady thing? What did you call her again? The three fates. Three fates, Hercules. Okay. Oh, okay. So they are three separate people. See, I had this <laughs> I had this really weird idea that they were all connected. Oh, that would have been even creepier. But it's almost like they are connected because they don't ever they're always together. Yeah, and they're they're sharing this one eyeball, so like they have to stay together, or you know they'll never have the chance of being able to see again. I suppose this just got more amazing to me. Yeah, okay, I'll change this. I promise, I'll change my ways. You're you're gonna love it, and this is gonna be the point that I end on here. We were just talking about the Little Mermaid and how, as of this recording. It's not out yet, but soon there's going to be a live-action remake because that's all Disney's been doing for the past 10 years is remaking all of these animated classics to mm, not-so-great success. Most of them have been pretty bland and pretty boring. The only movie that needs to be remade and that they need to commit to keeping it dark and keeping the monsters big and gross and gnarly is Hercules. I would kill to see a live-action version of this where it's essentially one buff man versus a bunch of kaijus. Amazing. I I have no words to to describe how good that movie could be. And it's the only one that sort of makes sense to me in a live-action format because they could make it bigger. They could make it gnarlier they could really dig into the to the greek ancestry and and show us a lot of great ancient greek imagery oh yeah i just need it yep uh if they don't go that route with it i say they give it to guillermo del toro and he does the whole pinocchio thing to it because that looks creepy and i really think that kind of thing would do it justice but yeah i'm all for live action hercules after seeing all that dude they would make a killing with this you kidding me Better yet, give it to Guillermo and have him make it live action. Case solved. Perfect. Perfect. Make it happen. They won't. <laughs> I can't. No. Uh, they won't. <laughs> That'll never happen. <laughs> now let Captain Planet come near me. I'll shorten his half life down to nothing. Uh, 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 well, it's high time you got back here, Leadhead. Don't give me the silent treatment. Just remember that lead suit won't keep this out! Hey, hey! What are you doing? Did I say l- l- lead head? I meant lead suit! So it's really funny that like most of my picks right now are coming back from stuff I wish I would have mentioned in the uh, the Saturday morning cartoon show. Or the Saturday morning show, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this next one, no different. I'm talking about uh, Captain Planet. So there's a villain from there. He's a radioactive mutant eco-villain who thrives on radiation and toxic waste. And I'm talking about this guy right here. My God. This is Duke Nukem. Wait a minute. That doesn't look like Duke <laughs> Nukem. 
He's definitely not the Duke Nukem you were thinking of. Uh, so there's there's a funny story. I'll get to that later though. But before, if you haven't seen Duke Nukem before, I mean to describe him, he kind of has this thing from Marvel kind of going on with him. He's got the yellow skin, and it's it's not even skin; it's like scaly and kind of rock looking. Depending on which version you see, he's got a red mohawk. He's seen two different ways. Like this one, I'm holding up the figure so Derek can see him. Um, this one, he's got like this kind of blue, almost looks like a biker outfit, almost <laughs> like a uh, not like a motorcycle biker, but like a, a mountain bike. Bicyclist. <laughs> the two things that I'm seeing is that it doesn't look like a jacket. It looks like a sigh, like he's doing karate, like he just got out of the local strip mall uh, from his karate Oh, like lesson. a gi? A gi, thank you. Not a sigh. I don't uh, know what the hell I'm talking a about. A sigh. No, that, those, are, those are the knives. God. See, I never took karate. I need to. I need to learn some <laughs> something. But um, his midsection looks like a corn cob. <laughs> he, he yeah, he's very looks corn like cobby. A, uh, cob you know corn. what? That's a great... A eh. great comparison. He definitely has the corn cob abs. <laughs> That's getting my summer bod ready, going for those corn cob abs. So uh, his character represents the misuse of nuclear power. He's dangerously radioactive. Uh, that his sidekick actually wears a radiation blocking lead suit to be around him. Thus, his character name, Lead Suit. Oh so anyway, didn't even try him, with that one. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. Uh, recently, I've kind of obsessed over this character a little bit. I, again, like Inspector Gadget, I couldn't tell you much about Captain Planet. I used to watch it all the time as a kid, and I still couldn't tell you much about any of the episodes in specific. Like, I know the basic premise, you know, the, the Captain Planet and the Planeteers. The Planeteers come together. They have the rings and, you know, go, Planet, go, and... He just decides to come out and kick some ass, but um, there are a lot of different villains in this cartoon series, but I can't think of anyone that's better than Duke Nukem. There were toys made of them, like I showed Derek the one. There was one in specific that I was after for a very long time. He's a little bit on the pricey side. I don't know exactly what happened here. I don't think he was released in the U.S. A lot of them look like they're from Great Britain. So, like, if you go on eBay and look up this figure, they're all in, like... Great British pounds, but I got the other variant of him, this like Hawaiian suit. Oh, that guy is here. badass! I know this one like glows in the dark. Which one's better? Which one are you grabbing? You're going oh. for the fucking uh, bicyclist karate gi guy, or are you going for Hawaiian button up t shirt? Yeah, I'm going for a Magnum Duke over here. He's got the the Hawaiian t shirt, the surfer trunks. He's got the green mohawk and. I don't have batteries in him, but his eyeballs actually light up. He's got a little battery pack in the back here. Oh, my God. How did they get Dude. such a better version of that action figure? It's like night I and day. Know. I have no idea. I just got him, like, probably last month, and I literally come down here and, I like, kiss him goodnight every single <laughs> night. Yeah, he's he's the coolest thing in my room right now, and I have a lot of cool things in here. Another thing I really love about his character is there's not really any backstory of why he has any of the powers he has. He can generate and manipulate radiation as well as electricity. The electricity allows him to change the size in his body and like the shape. One episode, he's big enough to fit Captain Planet in his hand. He has x-ray vision, so he's got all kinds of different powers, and there's no backstory. We don't know why he is this like yellow, scaly, corncob-abbed mohawk dude that has all these powers and i kind of love that about him it's very joker-esque where like we don't really know the backstory whereas different hints and clues but like he's just 
a badass villain, and uh, he wants to fuck some shit up for no reason. Yeah, we just want to know how he got those scars. Do you want to know how I got them? If we're talking Captain Planet, there's only one um, villain that I can say is probably a more menacing villain, and that's Captain Planet himself. Tree, okay. tree, 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 <laughs> tree, 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 tree. Don Cheadle, yeah, dude, that that's terrifying. Honestly, <laughs> he turns his own planeteer into a tree. He's like, "Fuck you." There's the guy, the guy with the heart one too. He's like, "You're a tree now." <laughs> so yeah, like I was saying earlier, um, there's some confusion here where we all know that there's a, a character in video games, PS One, computer, all that stuff. Duke Nukem, right? Everybody knows Duke Nukem. The cartoon came out first with Duke Nukem as a character. Then Duke Nukem the video game came out, fully knowing well that there was a character called Duke Nukem already. So they changed, just in case they got in trouble, they changed the uh, the spelling from N-U-K-E-M to N-U-K-U-M, just to avoid any copyright if there was any. They went back and searched for copyright on the character. Little did they know... They didn't have any copyright for the character, so they just changed the name back to N-U-K-E-M, and everything was good. So they got out lucky on that one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> very interesting. So uh, very cool character. I can't say enough about this. I'm glad I have this figure now. I wish I had batteries in here to make sure it worked, but the listing said it did. So I'm just going to trust the listing's word. And uh, if you haven't seen this figure, please go check him out because he's so fucking cool. I'll do you one better. Grammy's going to post up that photo in the Leftover Pizza Club Facebook group, and you have to join to be able to see it. Haha. Take that. I love bright fruity tricks. Tricks? It's a part of this complete breakfast. Mmm. And it's just for kids. This sticker will make it just for rabbits. Sweet, colorful, bursting with fruity flavor. Finally, tricks is mine. Yours? Tricks are for rabbits, see? Whoops! A sticker! Silly rabbit tricks are for kids! Oh, I'm stuck. Now you can stick your name on all your stuff with fun trick stickers and mark boxes. All right, Grammy. My last pick of the evening. Real simple, real cut and dry. In and out. I'm not spending too much time on it, so... Here goes nothing. Uh, my last villain of the evening is the Trix Rabbit. That's it. <laughs> it's the fucking Trix Rabbit. <laughs> I mean, he's villainous, you know. There, there are reasons. I can't wait to hear yours, but... Uh. <laughs> he... <laughs> okay. First of all, I just... I don't even know how to put this into words. Um, but he steals, so fuck him. All right? That's, okay. <laughs> that's... That's my one and only reason. I just don't... I just don't like him. I just don't like... I think he's just a bad... A bad rabbit who should be happy that he hasn't been hunted for sport. Okay, so he she should be happy that he's alive, and he should be good enough, you know, happy enough with with the grass and the lettuce that he has access to, maybe a carrot here and there, but he's not. Yeah. He gets greedy, all right, and he gets greedy in the same way that Al McWiggin gets greedy, okay, and he tries to steal from fucking kids again. Fuck him. This one caught me off guard. Uh, <laughs> I I kind of see it. I kind of see it, but at the same time. I often wondered if he's just kind of a misunderstood rabbit, which is kind of the perfect villain backstory. <laughs> <laughs> which means that he's even more evil than I'm making him out to be. We just don't know it yet. 
Yeah, there, there's darkness underneath those two ears. I know it. <laughs> yeah, darkness underneath <laughs> those ears. Um, I would just like to say that in trying to do some research on this character, um, there's not much to be to be found here. Okay, so according to the Heroes Wiki, grimy. When you actually search it up, his he he's on the Heroes Wiki. So not he's on Heroes Wiki. Yeah, not on like serial mascots wiki or like marketing wiki. He he's on Heroes Wiki, and he is officially categorized as a do-gooder character. A do-gooder. How the fuck is this tricks fucking rabbit categorized as a do-gooder on the Heroes Wiki? I think that's really why I'm picking him for my last villain tonight because I need to set the record straight. I need this man, this stupid rabbit, stripped of his Heroes Wiki privileges. I need him (laughs) stripped of the ranking of do-gooder. Okay, let me break it down for you. First of all, doesn't even have a real name. He is the Tricks Rabbit. That's usually what he goes by. Other times he goes by Silly Rabbit or Tricks. Simply Tricks. Mm. Okay? So the idiot doesn't even have a real name as far as we can tell. Okay? <laughs> yeah, get a real name, dummy. And Jesus. he and he was introduced in 1959, Grimy. 1959. Is it that long ago, 1959? This fucking guy has been stealing for 64 years unsuccessfully. That's the kicker of all of this, because he's been trying to steal from kids for almost seven decades and has never mm. gotten a full bowl. And and he's even as smart enough most times to wear a disguise, right? So what kind of a dumbass evil rabbit puts on a, a fucking trench coat and can't walk away with a single bowl of cereal for 64 years? Hmm. Speaking of the trench coat, uh, flasher vibes, if I might say so. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So there's that. The bunny is stealing the cereal from the kids, right? Which in turn makes those kids go off and steal cereal from the Lucky Charms guy because they're always after his Lucky Charms. You know what I mean? Oh, so there's so a tragic story in there. The tragic story, and actually, it's a very evil story because not only is he he stealing and being greedy himself, he's causing, he's spreading it like a disease. He's causing crime. <laughs> to spread and forcing others to steal from other innocent folk. I Okay, you're strengthening my case with every word that you speak. I didn't want to believe it at first, but the deeper we dive into this, the the more we uncover. All right, so here are the facts. We know that he's a flasher, for one. Yeah, Um, creep. Steals from kids. Yep, double double creep, double asshole. Yeah, promotes crime. Now there's kids that are, are hungry. They have to go and steal fucking cereal from another cereal mascot. Yeah. yeah, he's a dick. He's a dick. He's a dick, and he's a villain. <laughs> and I won't stand anybody who doesn't agree with me. If you're not convinced of this uh, now, at the end of this last pick of mine, that he is a villain, um, you're never going to be, and you're just as bad as he is. <laughs> I, I, I tried to think. Look! No! It can't be. What is it? It can't be. What did you do, Ray? Oh, shit. the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. All right, guys, my last pick of the evening has to go out to the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I 
to the fucking love the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man and all his marshmallowy goodness. Yeah, I mean, if you couldn't get TMNT in there, you had to at least sneak uh, Ghostbusters in there. I, Ghostbusters one or the other. I've accepted that at yep. this point. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't feel like I talk about Ghostbusters enough for how how big of a fan I am for this franchise. Like, it's always TMNT. So I'm glad that I could steer off into the yeah. uh, the other, you know, of the big two. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, the first appearance in the original 1984 film. This cute mascot from a fictional brand of marshmallow seen in the film. He is also the physical manifestation of the apocalyptic Sumerian deity Gozer. The character was created to show that he seems harmless and puffy and cute, but given the right circumstances, everything can be turned black and become evil. I read on Wiki the likeness of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was inspired by Peter O'Boyle, a security guard at Columbia Pictures, and it also combined elements of the Michelin Tire Man and Pillsbury Doughboy. I can see, you know, I, I don't know the security guard, but I can definitely Same. see the influences from the Michelin Man and from the Pillsbury Doughboy. And Absolutely. before we dive too far into it, I just want to touch on the fact, uh, what you had mentioned just a little bit ago, about how it's a fictional marshmallow brand. Because... Obviously, as time has marched on, it's no longer a fictional marshmallow brand. It's it's yes. existed in many different forms at this stage of the game. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid growing up, my parents showed me this movie. I loved it. I could not wrap my brain around the fact that the Stay Puffed Marshmallows weren't a real thing. Did you also have this problem or was it just me? No. So I was actually under the premise when I was a kid that they were a real thing because I was told they were. I was like, (gasps) yeah, this is this is a real thing. Like my friends, family, they all told me that these were real. This was an actual brand. Come later on, actually, when uh, what the 2020, 2021, is that when it came out? 2021 movie came out. Yep. When they released actual brand name Stay Puft Marshmallows uh, that was around the time when I was like oh this is this wasn't a real thing this whole time I've been duped <laughs> a fan of Ghostbusters has been duped like fuck all you guys yeah just really hard for me to understand as a kid because it's like so they made fake marshmallows and a mascot for these fake marshmallows and they never made real marshmallows I don't believe it it just doesn't make any sense to me it's kind of ingenious honestly like the brain power that must have had to stem from these people to be able to do something. Like, I'm I just speaking from my own personal being. I'm not smart enough to think of stuff like this in the moment or any in any span of time. Like, I, it's truly amazing to me that they made something that actually stuck with kids into believing that it was real, you know? Like, that, that was a real brand. And created enough demand over time that it became a real brand. It's just, mm-hmm. it's genius because it just ensures that they'll make money for the rest of their lives and for the rest of their kids' lives because there's always going to be people who want to buy Stay Puffed Marshmallows. But I digress. So I don't know if you've known this. I didn't know this until like just today when I looked it up. But uh, Stay Puffed was actually one of many evil giant monsters for the set of the original film. I had no idea. All these other giant monsters were scrapped all the way to the point that Stay Puffed was the only one left and they kept them. So, like, there was, I don't know how many other monsters that were supposed to be in this, like, kaiju-style monsters. We got to just yeah. call it how we see it. Like, the, the Stay Puft is a kaiju, right? Oh, 100% he's a kaiju. So, what you're saying yeah. is that on the set, they actually had to do real uh, kaiju-style fighting 
amongst actors to find the top dog, and that's who got to reign supreme. <laughs> that's the only way it could have went down. So, like, 16 other people died in the in the search for the best kaiju for Ghostbusters. Yeah, it was like that one part in the uh, Dark Knight where, like, the Joker breaks the pool stick and tells them to make it fast. Yeah, yeah, I like It's kind of like that. Yeah. No, that's uh, don't look into it. That's actually what happened. All these uh, poor stunt people <laughs> in suits died so that uh, Stay Puft could reign supreme. That's amazing. So, yeah, Stay Puft's the only one that remained. Uh, subsequently, he has made his way to other Ghostbusters lore from, like, comics. Uh, he was in a couple of video games. The animated series was another big one, as well as, like, toys. And supposedly there was, like, a live show at one point in time. I don't know. At Didn't Universal look into Studios. that much. At Universal that Studios, it? there was a stage okay. show. You can actually look it up. There's some old camcorder footage on YouTube, so you can watch the whole show if you want. But there is a giant Stay Puft, at least his head, in the background that's like true to life size from the movie, which it's pretty cool, and it's a shame that it's not there anymore. I know I say this about a lot of different things, but this might be my favorite villain ever. Honestly, he's just like, he's such a cool villain. And I love that he's still kind of prevalent now. Like, they never really lost touch with this character. They've just kind of transformed him. And now we have mini puffs. And that was like the biggest and greatest comedic relief of the film, I feel like, was these mini puffs. We talked about, if you were listening to our Patreon show that just happened here, our last one, we talked about Funko Pops and how we kind of basically avoid at all costs. They made mini puffed Funko Pops. I mean, like probably like 12 to 15 of them. It took every ounce of my being not to buy every fucking variant of this character. I didn't buy one, and that that took a lot out of me. I'm not going to lie. And you're glad that you didn't buy them because then they came out with those tiny little – they look like the marshmallow fluff containers – and then they yes. had all those little blind boxes that were even cuter than the Funko Pops mm-hmm. because, I mean, it doesn't take much to be cuter than a Funko Pop in my, my opinion. But that's just my opinion. But, yeah, you're correct. I'm really glad I didn't buy a bunch of Funkos and I instead bought – let's see here. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight – like eight little cans of the Play-Doh, you know, the little Play-Doh uh-huh. containers that have the, the uh, mini puff. <laughs> I don't even know what you call I guess it's like glue. I don't know. It's like oh marshmallow stuff well, in it. It was supposed to be slime. I, that's the only thing I want to touch mm-hmm. on about that those figures because they were fantastic. And I only bought one because of the slime that they put inside. That stuff mm. was so sticky. Like, obviously, it was yeah. trying to replicate and look like and maybe feel a bit like marshmallow fluff they did a a too good of a job with it because it took me like 20 minutes to clean off my one figure that i bought and i was like i'm not doing any more of these i don't have the patience to clean them off (laughs) yeah so i bought eight of them i bought like almost an entire container at target when they finally dropped and i was able to find them i didn't open a single one up i was like i know what this is all about i've seen so many people open them I'm like I'm I'm not doing it. Uh but I love I love the throwback. I love that it's very reminiscent of that old ectoplasm that like Play-Doh container. I love that repurposed Kenner thing. Like I just I, I love everything about it. It was a nice throwback and I'm looking forward to more things coming out like that in the next installment. Uh it was a perfect 
perfect use for that. Like, I want to know who came up with that idea to use marshmallow stuff and just brand it as the mini puffed thing. Like, so cool. And uh, I thought you were going to say, I want to know who came up with mini puffs. And I was going to say, I think it was the same guy who came up with minions. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. They're kind of just minions, but like more but chaotic. Good. <laughs> fucking, yeah, oh, yeah. The minions are crazy. But back to Stay Puff. I was always kind of confused about Stay Puff because like when I was a kid, I remember watching the movie to see Stay Puffed, like he wasn't a villain, you know, like he was my favorite character in the movie or something, similar to Slimer. Like in the cartoon, Slimer's like a good guy and he's there with the Ghostbusters the whole time. But like in the movie, the first thing you see is like they're trying to trap him and then you don't really see him the rest of the movie. He's kind of like a little dickhead. And then like in the second movie, he is there. He's not like, he's just kind of indifferent kind of a character. He's just on like the bus and like takes fucking... Zelensky to wherever he needs to be or whatever in the second film but um stay puffed he always just seemed like a good guy to me I don't know why I yeah. know he was like a bad guy but I'm with you on it because um similar to like sloth and the goonies where I always thought yeah. that they well sort of the opposite of that though right where sloth yeah, looked yeah. scary but he ended up being a good guy and it was hard right. for me to believe that stay puffed was a bad guy because he looked like a good guy but he was doing bad guy things. So, yeah, it was sort of a confusing in, in a similar way to, you know, like Sloth from the Goonies. Absolutely. But I don't know. I loved him as a kid. I am 33 years old now. I still love him to this day. I have, like, at least 15 different kinds of Stay Puffed figures sitting on my shelves. So, yeah, he had to be here. Had to be mentioned. And I wouldn't have it any other way. What? <laughs> <laughs> So if you were listening, that was our Villains Show. If you enjoyed this show, you should leave us a rating. Hopefully it's a five-star one. You could write some words there, too, and tell us how we're doing. I mean, if we're shit, you could tell us that, too, but uh, please don't. Yeah, it hurts my feelings. And if you're listening on Spotify, we just found out that they have a new feature that's pretty cool where they'll ask you what you thought about the show and you can, you know, leave your thoughts and your comments, your your reflections even if you want to. Um, and we're actually able to put up polls on the show as well. So maybe I'll put a little poll on this, uh, ask you, you know, who your favorite villain of the night was. And, and you can vote over there. Absolutely. And if you happen to have any recommendations for anything in the future, we are keeping an eye out for stuff like that. So, like, if there's something that tickles our fancy that we see there, we might just pick up on it. Yeah, and if you don't want to leave it over on Spotify, you can leave your suggestions, your comments, your thoughts, feelings, requests on our social media. So you can catch us on our Facebook page. You can find us there, facebook.com forward slash leftover pizza. You can find us on our Instagram. That's where we are most of the time, at leftover pizza podcast. You can check us on Twitter at leftover pizza club. And if you really want to make some friends and, uh, you know, get the old conversation started about anything and everything retro and nostalgic, Whatever it might be, you can join us over on the Facebook group, Leftover Pizza Club. And if you join there, you get a free sticker and a welcome letter. And if all that wasn't enough for you, you can check us out over at leftoverpizzaclub.com. Plenty of articles, all kinds of good written material you can check out there. As well, you can check us out on Patreon. That's right. We have a Patreon now. Patreon.com forward slash Leftover Pizza Club. And I promise... 
This is the last thing that we're plugging tonight, but it really does help. Only $1 a month, $3 a month. For $1 a month over on the Patreon, you get to read exclusive articles. There's one a month, and we write it just for that page. You're never going to be able to read them anywhere else. And for $3 a month, you get to read those same articles, and you get access to one free-form bonus show that Grimey and I have been recording every month. And last month, we talked about the newest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem trailer. Oh, God, what else did we talk about? Scream 6. How about Scream? I saw Scream mm-hmm. 6. Just a lot. McFarlane toys. McFarlane toys and that whole fiasco. So if you can't get enough of our voices, somehow, some way, that's the place to be. Absolutely. And with all that said, we're out. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot said. <laughs> that was a lot said. <laughs> but anyways, we appreciate you. I am Grimy. And I am Derek. And I'm going to go watch a villain compilation on YouTube. I'm just going to type villains and see what happens. You know. That's a good idea. I'm going to go watch Hercules. Ah, oh, you've got to go watch <laughs> Hercules. Uh-huh, 100%. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Ha 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 